Lucky Lefty Nation, what's good with it? Welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. This is the slant mashup with the preview of Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Early start than what we've been used to for most home games this year. We've had a lot of night games, a lot of 3.30 p.m. starts. This one is going to be 2.30 p.m. Eastern, hour earlier, as the Yellow Jackets invade Notre Dame Stadium. And um, it's senior day, you know. Uh, senior day uh, is, is, is emotional, man. Uh, over, through the years, all of the games that I've watched, on senior day, it always seems like you should be able to blow the team out because you're never facing like a top tier 10 team. I mean, on senior day, it's usually a team that you are heavily favored against a team you should beat, but somehow, some way you think by the end of the third quarter, start of fourth quarter, some seniors should be able to get into the game. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case a lot of times under Brian Kelly, but once again, the Yellow Jackets come in after getting blasted by Boston College. This is the third straight defense that is you – no, know, fourth straight defense that is awful. And Notre, Notre Dame is going to be facing, you know, Phil Jakovic coming back from injury, put up 300 over the, in the air, and then they were able, Boston College, to gain 200 on the ground against this Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets defense. Uh, you can remember highly touted safety – from my recruiting class back in 2018, I believe, Derek Allen transferred to Georgia Tech. He's recently just getting on the field the last two games, really hasn't cracked the code of becoming the player that he's projected to be for the Yellow Jackets or as safety for Notre Dame before he transferred. So it's just an interesting game. We'll dig deep into that a little bit later on. But, of course, we have to give you the slant. We were um, extremely honored and blessed to be a part of uh, the mailbag on Irish Breakdown on yesterday. Uh, well, I call him Unc, you know, Malik, sure, you know, OG at Notre Dame. OG. The OG. Reggie Brooks joined us along with Brian Driscoll and Thank you so much to Brian Driscoll and Vince D'Addario for allowing us to be a part of that. Raised over, I think, just slightly under $8,000 for those in need to give them some hope, a nice meal and some warmth and some other things for this Thanksgiving holiday and eternal blessings to everyone out there, not just in IB Nation, but also in Lucky Lefty Nation. As always, we're featured, brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com is that premium American whiskey. Go ahead and go to AnoraWhiskey.com. Get some of that to sip on. Get that. Last three games of the season, the two regular season games, and then hopefully a berth in the college football playoff. So breaking news late yesterday, which might impact Notre Dame and Notre Dame having to make a decision. I want to get the spin on this and let's spin it a little bit different for everybody out there listening. Yo, Mel Tucker got the bag. He got the bag, which puts LSU in a very difficult spot. Everything we're hearing about the LSU search is they're not going for anyone from a smaller college to bring them to the big time. They want somebody that's big time, a big time hire, big time coach. 
uh, whether it's, you know, stealing Texas A&M's coach, <laughs> Jimbo Fisher, whether it's getting Bob Stoops to come out of retirement, they're swinging big. Yeah. And so that brings to mind that maybe Marcus Freeman might not be in that type of echelon because he's never really had a head coach position. This would be his first, but you have to believe he would peak interest not only from LSU, but from other teams as this coaching carousel begins to go around at the end of the season. So with all of that being said, what's the domino effect of Mel Tucker's uh, big deal 10 years at Michigan State? Well, one of the things is that the price is going up. You know, they're, Man, you think? These schools are trying to secure the coaches. They feel like got some – some 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 grit to them that can last longer than just a, a short stint there. Yeah. But then again, college football likes to recycle a lot of the same guys a lot of the time too. So it's not like they're picking from a huge bag to begin with. So this only narrows the bag to about two or three people every time. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of great coaches. I think LSU trying to grab a big name I mean, the only big names you can go to have an impact like that is Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, or, you know, Ryan Day, you know, or even Coach Kelly, you know what I mean? So in order to, to to get a coach at that caliber, it's not even that many that's doing it right now. So I think that's just kind of what the expectation they set up uh, for what they want. But that's just like anywhere. Everybody wants to get a good coach. So this ain't nothing too special. Uh, obviously, for LSU to be a a highly touted program, I wouldn't say they're top five like we are, but they're, they're a highly touted program. People like talking about them a lot. But for them to still not be able to find a solid coach like a Nick Saban, like a Urban Meyer, you know, it just – it just kind of puts LSU to where they are any any other time, like Florida. They're just kind of the same level. Yeah, so. unless unless the thing, this is the funny thing, bro. Like you always have like that up and coming generation of young mm -hmm. coaches, right? That are popping mm -hmm. and are able to lead tier three teams to surprise seasons, ten wins, nine nine wins, a big bowl win against a tougher team. And it seems like the guys like Matt Campbell that was in that group a couple of years ago, James Franklin that's been in that group, seems like they fizzled at their spots. And they really aren't the candidates that most people thought they would be right now. So, like, exactly what you just said, that kind of lessens the pool for these schools that are looking for big-time hires when the guys that they thought would be big-time candidates at this time the resume is not as sparkly as they might have thought or doesn't have as much pizzazz as they thought they would have at this point in time. Well, most of those guys, too, are just great recruiters. James Franklin is a great recruiter, not a great coach. You wouldn't go to James Franklin to be like, man, I got to learn how you run that offense. Or, man, I got to get those tips on what you put in on defense. I don't know. He can't, he can't recruit. Well, you know what? There's a lot of teams that can't recruit that quarterback. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the quarterback is like, you know, that's more on the, the quarterbacks that are available less than recruiting. You know, you can. Yeah. Somebody, you, it's not a lot of Trevor Lawrence's that you can just find outside of just the one Trevor Lawrence, you know. So 
for guys like that, you know, what Coach Kelly was able to do, which keeps him in that upper tier, is that he's a phenomenal recruiter of staff and players, but he can coach a little bit. You know, he can he can he can he can put some X and O's together more so than I would think of James Franklin or you know one of these other guys. Now, I mean, if you're looking at the NFL and how they go, they're going young. So uh, Matt Lafleur, I mean, Coach Kelly had Matt Lafleur as our quarterback coach, so yeah. that tells you how good of a job Coach Kelly does on his end in recruiting. But Coach Lafleur was young, and he's still young. And the trend of what football is turning into is the AAU style of things with, with Patrick Mahomes coming on the scene and how that develops. A younger style coach just fits more of the the team setting that you have to fit as a coach now. You can't pull the Lou Holtz out and think that's going to change a program on a player's perspective. You got to kind of Marcus Freeman style, you know, young, you know, fit dude, got the Jalen Rose haircut, you know, the fresh line. It just fits with kind of just the trend of how football is. It's just a younger man sport. And once again, this is the Lucky Lefty podcast. The slant mashup with the preview show, Notre Dame versus Georgia Tech. We'll get the Malik's three keys to a dub and look at both sides of the ball heading into this matchup on senior day. 2.30 p.m. start at Notre Dame Stadium. So as this carousel starts to move, and we talked about those young coaches that two years ago looked like they were going to be big-time hires for these programs. So now you have to really, like you said, go get a coach from another school and steal them away, which LSU with all the, the same guy that hired, Jimbo Fisher to come to Texas A&M and leave Florida State has left and become the athletic director over at LSU. So you have I mean, to. Do you, but do you think there's a, a lot of coaches to even choose from? You know what? That's what I'm saying. It's like one of those, you know, years where the crop is really. Nah. Like you fire Ed Odron right now. Boom. Gone. What's a better coach than Ed Odron that's even available right now? You're going to well, start thinking of people like Mark Rick. <laughs> I mean, they swung. They swung for Mel Tucker. And Mel Tucker, both, we both said that we hoped Mel Tucker would say no. Yeah. At the time, because we just felt like. Mel Tucker is in Big Ten country. Yeah. SEC, you don't want to. Despite his relationship with LSU and being coaching there, it was just better for him to stay at Michigan State and to continue to do. Uh, well, with what he's established, it's his program now. Right, it's absolutely his program, and he can build from a recruiting standpoint. And you're going to have to watch Michigan State from a recruiting standpoint, especially Notre Dame fans in the next three to five years, because they're going to be recruiting the same kids in the Midwest that Notre Dame and Ohio State are going to be going after, especially in the state of Michigan. And Notre Dame has stolen in the last five years some of the top guys from the state of Michigan because. You know, Mark D'Antoni was on his way out, and Jim Harbaugh and Michigan, really, they struggled or haven't exceeded or reached expectations. So when you talk about that, you're talking about going get retreads like a Bob Stoops or maybe getting a Mark Stoops to leave Kentucky, which I think he's done a really good job at Kentucky. 
Uh, it's a really physical team. They're built on defense. They run the ball. Of course, you know, he can't get the same talent to Kentucky that all the other top-tier teams can get in the SEC, but I think he's done an admirable job working the JUCO route when he first came and then the transfer portal. And, you know, he's turned the program into a perennial 8-9, to 10-win team. So maybe you look at somebody like that that has the stoops pedigree to make a change and go from Kentucky to go to LSU. Maybe it's somebody like that. You look at somebody like Dan Mullen, who left Mississippi State with tons of credibility. And now you look at what that Florida, what that Florida program is at, and now you have to wonder, like, okay, is he really ready to be able to coach and lead a big-time program? In the SEC. So yeah, these are difficult. Not an easy task. No, that's not an easy task. No, it's not an easy task. And that's why, as much as we poke at Brian Kelly, we we give him his flowers. Oh, for sure. Because what the program was when he got here, and what the program is now, and what we tell fans now is like, yo, have an expectation. Of a national championship every year. That's that's where the program is at. That's where we at. We're thinking national championship every year. Oh, Michigan State's not thinking that though. No, Michigan State's thinking, oh, we're going to be a consistent winning team like Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State expectations championship. Alabama's a championship. Clemson's a championship. I think it's because Clemson is not championship. They're not even going to be ranked. They don't even want to be ranked. Yeah. You know? So. Only three or four teams are national championship expectation. We're one of those. Florida, no, they're just looking to be consistent. LSU to be consistent. Is there is there ten programs that have national championship expectations? It's only three. I would say it's only three right now. Like Bama, Georgia, Bama, Georgia, us. Hey, you you can throw Clemson. Oh, Ohio State. Ohio State. So that's four. Yeah, Bama, Georgia, Clemson, us. Yeah, and and Clemson. Has gotten yeah. to that point because of Dabo. Now yeah, I mean they, they've won a couple in the last last five six years, so you know, yeah, you, they're they're thinking that. I wouldn't. I don't know if they would. I don't think everybody in the country would think that now, but they're thinking that as a program. Could Dabo be a candidate to bounce? Like does does Dabo look at an LSU? And look at the recruiting base of those southern states along the Gulf and say, man, it's a lot easier to get kids to come there than to come to South Carolina. Because he's proven he can attract the quarterback. Well, I think it just comes down to what does he prefer? I think he's real comfortable in in Clemson, Mm. even though it's a down year. I think it's just exaggerated because they've been good for so long. Right. Like, you can only imagine what they would treat Nick Saban like if they were having a bad year. So, it's just about preference. I really think he loves where he's at. I think he would consider it if it was for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if it was Notre Dame opening, he would consider LSU just is almost like a trap coaching job because it's so nice, but it's so treacherous at the same time towing the line about taking a risk for that you know some guys like their little setup you know that's why uh 
our guy uh, Kevin Sumlin felt comfortable over in Arizona for a long time. Right, right. You mentioned Matt LaFleur. If and when Brian Kelly does decide to move on or step step away, I expect Matt, I, I expect Matt LaFleur to be contacted. Oh, no, he loves the NFL. Matt LaFleur would never. Yeah, he loves the NFL, but life without that dude, number 12, might, might feel totally different. Now he was he's been he's been fortunate to be around Robert Griffin, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, uh Matt Ryan for a long time. But you know, Matt LaFleur is just an NFL guy. He's not interested in the whole uh recruiting thing. <laughs> Should be interesting, man. Like Dabo was at eight point three per if LSU cuts that check for like 10, 11. LSU gonna have to cut a check because if you look at Mel Tucker as a as an option, which is a great option for the now, they're securing everything with potential. So you're gonna have to come with a, a heavy, a heavy or blank check if you want to secure anybody decent. This is anybody decent. We only see Mel Tucker pop on the scene a couple years. Yeah. So if they locking that up with 10 years, 95 million then anything really good is going to be at least, the market is at least 100, 120. Yo, when you think about that, that really might, I mean, I know most of these programs have, you know, LSU and USC especially, have deep pockets. Oh, USC, USC got to spend some bread because they you know, run out of options. But, like, if you're trying to go big time, you're absolutely right. Mel Tucker has definitely reset the market. Yeah, yeah, like at the right time. Is that the right time? Is he Nick Saban in the next? No, I don't know. But yo, because let's let's just say Bob Stoops comes out of retirement. But that's the thing. Coming out of retirement, all these people out here coaching every single day. You gotta, I don't know. Well, Bob, and, Bob Stoops has a brand and national champion. It is a national champion. I mean, do kids care about that? Say it again. Do kids care about the name? No, no, no. Of- I'm not talking about the kids right now. Now I'm talking about the schools and where they have to start the negotiating that now based upon Mel Tucker's contract with big-time hires or big-time coaches. Like, if you're trying to go and get Dabo to leave, you have to start above what Mel Tucker got. Like, Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you got to start above that because they're going to yeah. be like, I'm way better than Mel Tucker right? if you Dabo. You know, so that's like, like you said, you're talking about 120 mil. It's like a quarterback race at this point. Mel Tucker's like Dak Prescott, went in there, got his, got his company. Mm. You know, on himself, left Colorado. Yeah, so yeah. the Dak Prescott right now, other other coaching circuit in college football. Now they got to come with a, a heavier bag, like when Lamar's coming down the pipeline. Man, Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am Sean Davis. This is with my guy, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We're discussing power moves, coaching carousel, based upon Mel Tucker's 10-year, $95 million contract that he received from Michigan State. Kudos to him. Uh, We're both happy that he chose not to go to LSU and to stay at Michigan State. Uh, It has – it is a nexus, I believe, too, the future of the Notre Dame program and who would succeed or who can succeed Brian Kelly. 
you know, because Marcus Freeman, maybe not this year, but next year, definitely after the season, more than likely is going to be one of those hot candidates for any coaching position. I would, I would honestly, I would expect USC to come sniffing around this year quietly, at least for an interview. Yeah, I mean, in coaching game, different. You can just you can just openly go after other people. You know, it's it's not as player different. You know, players is a little different how they can be contacted with coaches. It's just a phone call away. You know, that's back when we had rumors of Coach Kelly getting calls from NFL teams or vice versa. You know, it's just you can just get a call. You know, that's why. Uh, yeah, it's par for the course, right? Yeah, so it's just interesting to see. What the what the ransom will be? Who wants to who wants to get get on the challenge? Because it is a challenge because it's frustrating. You dealing with having talent naturally. You just don't have a great roster uh, each and every year, it's just off of talent alone. But the the mystery of why it can't be consistent is still a mystery. And yeah. for a coach to take that on probably is intimidating, considering you know look even look at Florida State and. Uh, <laughs> And our guy had had a short stint there when we thought they were turning the program around. What's his name? I'm trying to think. Guy from Oregon. Uh, yeah, that's slipping my mind. Slipping my mind right now. Right now as well. From Oregon went to Florida State. But, you know, his it was an attractive job. He was the only guy that Mike Norville took over for, right? Right, right. It was like, you know, he was hot coming out of Oregon. Had Oregon. Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart. Yeah, you really thought that was a perfect fit down at Florida State. And it just, I mean, I don't think they gave him enough time, but it didn't fizzle out how it should have. But you would have thought that would have been the perfect hire. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, from a recruiting standpoint, it might have been a perfect hire. But this, you know what? This is going to be the advantage. Let me tell you the advantage Notre Dame has, yo. You go to all of these schools that are like in speed states like Texas, California, Florida, right? Uh, they focus on getting all of these athletes, all these fast guys. And their offensive lines are always subpar. Always. Always subpar, right? The only exception, probably USC always had a pretty good offensive line, especially during the Matt Lyon, Reggie Bush days. Yeah. And they usually produce tackles that go on to the uh, NFL. Yeah, along I mean, the offensive line. Yeah, but these speed states, man, they just the offensive lines struggle, and if they just don't have an abundance of talent where they can just outspeed you to death, like you can just pound them. Yeah. You know, you, you can just line up and pound them. And you know, Reggie talked about that when he last yesterday when we talked to him about the '92 Sugar Bowls. Like Florida had Shane Matthews had all of this speed, but it's like. You know, you keep punching them in the mouth, and they don't have the horses up front. You know, you neutralize all of that speed. So, I think uh, Nick Saban has done a great job on both sides of the ball establishing that. Look, man, you can have all the talent in the world: a quarterback, wide receiver, defensive back. That front four and and offensive line ain't on nothing. You know, and that's the advantage that Notre Dame has, having the moniker of O-line U, tight end U. It's like you just keep man, keep bringing monsters in. 
Yeah, and it's and it's surprising that for the the SEC to be a was or kind of still is a run heavy uh, sort of conference to not have the linemen that you would necessarily want uh, to see. It is surprising because, I mean, the talent is there. You know, LSU had Justin Jefferson. You got a Jamar Chase. Even a tight end that left and went to Georgia, Eric Gilbert. I mean, they got talent all over the place. But then you look at the offensive line, you can't name one offensive lineman that came from there. No. Even no, with the years that they were really good. I, even with Joe Burrows, I couldn't name you one offensive lineman from Joe Burrows. Couldn't name one in the last six or seven years. Yeah. And and that's a problem because it's – it goes back to development. That's why I'm like, y'all got to take it easy saying Notre Dame's line is no good. Because even with a no good online, we still know K-Madden. K-Madden would probably be a starter and a highlight for LSU. <laughs> okay. That's five seconds. <laughs> Lucky lefty podcast. I had to stop watching on you, bro. I had to put it on you. <laughs> but that's true. We even know his name just because yeah. he goes to Notre Dame. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So, it's upset. It's it's kind of a a catch twenty two thinking that the SEC is the best conference, but they have the the least that you would want from O line. Even Oklahoma puts out more O linemen than these SEC O lines, and it's and, and Oklahoma's Oklahoma, you know. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's surprising. So when you look at it and you talk about the coaching carousel and how it plays out. Ultimately, who do you think LSU and USC end up with? I think USC still trying to ride that young, hot Sean McVay wave. They're mm-hmm. trying to find a young guy. I think LSU is tired of chasing that. They want to go back to the the age of the uh, Rich Rodriguez, right, or Les Miles years where he was an older guy, maybe a little fiery like Ed Ordron, but less honoring. <laughs> They more focused on ball. They a traditional coach. That's why I think Jimbo Fisher is a, you know, probably a prime prime guy. Especially since they just beat Alabama uh, this year with a team that nobody thought they would win with. So yeah, that just gives Jimbo Fisher more of a look at me target on his back for the the coaching position. But other than that, it's not too many other people that qualify. Even though over Ed Ordron, if you're trying to get better than Ed Ordron right now, and college football is really hard unless you come in with a mega check, and that's just hard to do as well. All right, let's move on, man. We got the Petty Train coming up for you guys. If you have nominations for the Petty Train, someone that did or said something crazy in sports, pop culture, music, whatever, life in general, whether you saw it on social media, Go ahead, put it in the comments, and we'll throw them on the petty train this week. Now, I saw this, man. I know we both watch I Am Athlete, the podcast, and Brandon Marshall has. They had a great conversation about Joe Gibbs, legendary uh, NFL head coach for the Washington football team that started bringing former NFL players into the pit crew. Like, this is crazy, right? Like, you never thought about how athletic you have to be and how strong you have to be in a NASCAR pit crew. Those are some big tires. They weigh a lot. And when you start increasing the speed, loading the tires, and getting everything so the car can get back on the track, it just made sense to have really athletic guys 
and that pit crew. What would you do? Like, what other sport would you translate to based upon how you were able to move on the football field? If it wasn't NASCAR, would, would you try to be an Indy driver or do you think you would do something else that's kind of like off the radar? Man, it's hard not to say basketball. <laughs> yeah, but three stroke. Man, I was I was really a basketball player growing up because just uh, maybe it's a Midwest thing, but football too. But right. basketball was just it for me because I was left-handed, so I just felt like I always had an advantage. But if it wasn't basketball. I think I would do bowling. I think if just thinking about my strengths, a left-handed bowler is pretty nice. So I'll probably try to get into bowling real serious. I had a mean little curve. Yeah, yeah. Curve. Just to, it just yeah. looked better, you know, and it's cool, it's chill. You can win some money. I think uh, bowling would have been my thing for real. So what do you think? You like third arrow, second arrow when you throw on your hook? I'm like, I like to be, I like to be, I like to be wide because I like to the show of the, uh, you know, like the wrist work and let the ball really uh, tote the line, tote the line of the gutter and then come back. That's that's always been my kind of flavor. You like to take the risk. Yes, yeah, like and I love bowling shirts, man. I gotta start wearing my bowling shirts. I love the bowling shirts. Man, it was so crazy, but it was an amazing story. Joe Gibbs, man, a visionary as a head coach in the NFL and just becoming a visionary with Gibbs racing and NASCAR. And um, one of the interesting things is that they would have to uh, take the tire off the car and then walk it over mm -hmm. to a guy that would pull it over the barrier. And these NFL guys, once they got down there, they were so strong, they just started bouncing the tire over the barrier. Yeah. Like just forget, like to shorten the time. Like the time. boom, bouncing it. And some of the other teams that didn't have these players started complaining. Why? Because their guys couldn't do that. Yeah, that's right. They weren't strong enough. And, you know, they actually made up a rule now that there has to be a transfer. Wow. You know, they're going to come up with them rules if it ain't true. <laughs> crew. So, man, I, I just thought it was interesting seeing that. And, uh, yo. But it um, just shows you if we really wanted to play other sports for real, they would have to make a lot of other rules. <laughs> Yeah, and you one of your teammates you talked about, former teammates you talked about. I think it was what Steve Elmer left after what his was that his. Oh yeah, Steve, Steve wanted to go be a politician, man. Serve the people, man. Good for him. He was my roommate. Good dude. That cat Steve was just like, I'm out. I got. Yeah, it was. Steve. It was unexpected. He didn't tell nobody. He was like, all right. Thanks for the set. Thanks for the time. I'm out of here, man. I'm about to go do this. Everybody's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He just didn't show up. He was just like, yeah. Like man, middle of the, like towards the end of the season. But that's a Notre Dame player for you. Just like, yeah. you know, just decides, you know what, I'm just step away and take a, a life into politics, you know. Like, what? <laughs> like, how do you do that? I wonder what Nick Saban would say to Steve Elmer if he just like, you know, it's Nick Saban's counting on his, 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 his guard that's potentially draftable, high draft pick. Yeah. His guard coming into next season, ready to take over and he don't even he call you on the phone right before camp. Like, hey, coach, you know, I'm going to just uh, – I'm done, man. I'm going to wrap it up. Go ahead jump into politics, man. I'm going uh, to see you later. <laughs> That's crazy. That would even be funnier. 
Yeah, yeah. But that's how he did it. Everybody was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if what if one day somebody was like, yo, I got a record deal? You know, like players, Jam, I, know players that, I know players that will believe, you know. It's about what guys like, man. You know, nowadays guys are multifaceted. Yeah. They want to do the crypto thing, all types of stuff. Let's get to it, man. Let's put some of my people on the petty train. I want to put the Big 12 on the petty train, y'all. They reprimanded the Texas Tech. You know, Texas Tech won a game by kicking a 62-yard field goal to beat Mike Campbell in Iowa State, right? And right before that, there were some plays, you know, some illegal procedures that pushed the field goal back a little bit further. And the uh, announcer for Texas Tech said, man, the Big 12 really wants Iowa State to win this game. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know what I'm saying? So, he's being a home. I mean, you know, he's being a home. If anywhere in Texas is where they gonna where they gonna be the most homers. Yeah, you know he's being a homer, so they find him. It's like, all right, but I gotta throw the Big Twelve. These conferences, man, finding teams, especially the Big Twelve SEC for storming the field, and just they just doing too much, man. They see the demise of the NCAA, and they're getting more and more power in these conferences, these Ivy Towers, and these presidents. That's what we need. We need to meet on a Lucky Lefty podcast right here. We're going to make the announcement. We're making the first new NCAA. We're going to call it the something else, but it's going to be a super conference. We're just going to have people sign up. We're going to have great rules, relaxed. You know, you know, you can do what you want over here in our league because the NCAA is just a league. You don't have to sign up for it. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, that's who I have. You got anybody this week to put on the petty train? Man, Boomer Siason was on the petty train for me. Had Cam just get back on the team. Boomer Siason, yeah, they ain't making the playoffs. He can't throw. He need to run because he definitely can't hit guys on target. I'm like, good yeah, grief. Well, they're literally in the playoffs as of today. Yeah, yeah, I know. But they're before the, the Cardinals seed. game, yeah, had a lot to say, man. Real disappointed in his uh, his cold hot takes. You know, his cold hot takes definitely proved can prove them wrong, man. I hope he go in there and start lead them in the playoffs. That's all. All right, so those are additions. Unless anybody else types some in, those are the additions to the petty train this week. The Big Twelve Conference, and of course, you know, I knew I knew Cam Newton was gonna spark someone. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They, I just they, they the one with the way he came back. They couldn't they let the clothes go by un- unnoticed. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to it. This would be quick. And these have been the quickest previews the last three weeks because we ain't about to waste no time on these me. teams are so god, just just awful. Just just awful to watch. Which goes to my point. We talked about it last week. I still think we need to take a game away and offer it to another conference. Like take an ACC game away. Because the conference is, especially if Clemson is going to be bad, take a game away and offer it to like the Big Twelve. We couldn't go anywhere else, though. Man, that's the unless we go Big Ten, but we we really couldn't go nowhere else. You know, that's crazy. Georgia Tech comes in. We don't know who's going to be their quarterback. It might be the freshman Jordan Yates, true freshman. Might be Jeff Sims. We beat them 31-13 last year down in Atlanta. 
And Notre Dame played a really bad game. Like lost a turnover battle, made Georgia Tech feel like they were in the game. And Notre Dame really had control because that defense, that Notre Dame defense, in spite Ian Book and the offense playing a lackluster game, really held that game in control the entire time in spite of the multiple turnovers. So more than likely on the road, I expect to see Jeff Sims get the early call. He's the veteran. They average 29 points a game. Uh, for all you betters out there, it's a 17 and a half point spread. Now the spread last week was 21, and I didn't expect Notre Dame to cover that. I thought Notre Dame would put up points, but you know we were still waiting to see if Brendan Armstrong would play. And of course, Notre Dame covers, and I pushed away from the table. This week, 17 and a half. I'm gonna go ahead and say lay some on the Irish. Lay some money. Lay some money on the Irish if you're scared doing it. You can do it on the money line. Maybe get you a little something. And definitely play Notre Dame in the first half. Definitely play Notre Dame in the first half. I think they're going to come out really, really strong at home. And I don't think this would be one of those senior days where you let a team linger around. I think they jump on Georgia Tech early. Because the, the deep Georgia Tech defense is really bad. I'm talking really bad. Defensive backfield is really bad. A small up front, you can crease them in the running game, and they're, sus they're susceptible to big plays over the top. So it's really a smorgasbord. Like everything you can have or want as an offense, once again, Tommy can come out and say, man, whoo, <laughs> which play? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you feel like you have a Tecmo Bowl playbook where it's limited, yeah. and in other games you feel like, yo, this is that Madden playbook. You know, where it's like all types of plays and sheets. And that's what Tommy has to feel like, man. He can just have a variety of things. He'll showcase a lot of guys because, honestly, it's senior day, but it might be Kyron's last game in that stadium. Yeah. It might be Kyle, Ham Kyle Hamilton won't play, but that might – it's definitely the last game. Yeah, Kyle, yeah, Kyle done. It's the last he, game. He, he, five weeks now, three, four weeks. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, you know. And so – He's past the whole point of maybe. It's in. So what about you? That's senior day experience for you. Like, what was that? Even though you still went on and used your grad transfer, what was that like for you? It was a little bittersweet. I was excited that, uh, you know, I hit the end of the road. I felt like I challenged myself going through those years there. I saw the... I saw through through those challenges and did some good things from it. You know, a lot of adversity, a lot of things that I learned, life lessons and dealing with things and uh, proud of myself from getting getting to that point because not everybody make it through from freshman year to senior year. And I came in early, you know, and felt like I got better, you know, and had an opportunity to do a lot of great things. So uh, it was better only because it was four and eight season that year. You know, we was losing. I still wasn't getting my chance to really save the season. Shit, it was a lot of times we could have saved the season. So, right, right. Um, I just feel like it was, you know, it was a messed up situation. And senior day was just emotional. And I was like, dang, because I feel like we could have beat Virginia Tech that week. I got put in the craziest thing. I got put in the last play of the game, literally the last play. Didn't play the whole time for the Hail Mary that. Half the team was running Hail Mary. Half the team was running 
something else. And it's just like, uh, just, you know, bittersweet moment, but just getting a chance to uh, meet, meet a lot of friends and play a lot of teams and yeah. see a lot of guys that's playing today on Sundays. Couldn't ask for a better run at it. So we have somebody here that said there was talk of an LSU jet landing in South Bend. Bless you, my boy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Jet landing in South Bend today and also landing in Ann Arbor. Please, Lord, let us keep Freeman and Kelly goes. Let me tell you something. First of all, if that jet landing in Ann Arbor and, and um, Harbaugh had the audacity to leave Michigan, man, let me he'd be, he might have to go into witness protection. That's almost as bad as Josh McDaniels faking out the Colts. Yeah, yeah. He would have to go into witness protection. But I'll tell you one thing, and this might be a hot take, but I'm going to be honest with you. In a lot of lot of ways, if Brian Kelly decided to go to LSU, it really wouldn't hurt the program. No, not not right now. It wouldn't hurt the program. It wouldn't like three or four years later. No. Not right now. It, it wouldn't help. It, it wouldn't hurt the program. It wouldn't be like, you know, somebody like, Nick Saban retire or Dabble, oh, oh, shoot. Or, Nick or Saban Dabble leaving Clemson, something like that. Dabble leaving Clemson would be devastating. They would tank for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. That for would sure. be devastating. Sure. If Brian Kelly somehow some way decided to go somewhere else, I don't think it would be that devastating. Because like, eh. he built it so well, he can, it could be ran without him for a little bit. But once again, we always tell people the brand is the brand. The brand, yeah, the brand gonna stay the brand, but the brand the, is the brand. Like the brand was the brand, but the team wasn't always good when the brand was the brand. No, no, that's why you have to get a really good coach to do what he's doing. But you can get a competent coach in here, and every now and then they'll win 10, they 11. They wouldn't win like Coach Kelly, though. No, right? no, because Coach Kelly is a really good coach. But if you if you can go find another really good coach, we can just keep the party going. Yeah. It did the same thing. Like Pete Carroll leaving USC was devastating. Oh, for sure, because like, they haven't had a coach since. And it it didn't hit rock bottom for about six, seven seasons. That's how it would be for us. It wouldn't hit. We would definitely have a lull, but it would be like later down the line. Coach Kelly well, would be done for a while. It would be a lull if they didn't hire the right guy. I think it would be a lull regardless, because that's a guy that's been there ten years. 10 plus years, the impact's gonna hit it at some point. Like, well, I, or unless we was like Ohio State. I mean, Ryan Day stepped in right after right. Urban. That's what I mean. again, the Big Ten's the Big Ten. We talking about a national schedule that's a little different. Yeah, you playing every conference every year. Yep. So how much time does Tyler get for this game? Tyler he should get the whole game. He should have played the whole game. <laughs> but you know, senior year. Jack should play, but Tyler's going to be in there for sure. I'm looking for Logan Diggs, man. Look, let's talk about these youngsters for a second. Because I don't think people realize, like, the step. And you can attest to this. How much better of a player you are when you run out of that tunnel for the first game your sophomore year than the previous year. Like when you've had like a full off season. Oh yeah, that's when we was gonna win the championship. Right, you had a full mm-hmm. off season. That was my first full off season. I got right. that. They wasn't playing with my reps. I was taking all the ones. The order was set. We was good. 
and we was the best team we've had in that that run. But the year after, they they did the 50-50 thing. I feel like any two-quarterback system is no different than a quarterback controversy where you don't know who to play because at the end of the day, you have to do it the same way in the game. You take a dude out that's yeah. hot or cold and doesn't matter, and then you put a dude in that may or may not be ready. So that's why, you know, we're playing the team this this week with a quarterback controversy, but in the game it won't look no different than what we're doing. Right. You know, so yeah. that's why I don't think right. it looks good at all to have two guys running out there. Well, a team like Georgia Tech, man, it really should at this point – in the season, it really shouldn't be a question. I played a freshman. I mean, that's that's the cold game of uh, college football. Like, play the freshman. Like, don't even flirt with Jeff Sims. Yeah, go ahead and play. The that's freshman. what I say. I say play the freshman. We get a transfer fifth year guy. So Notre Dame just does it a little different. I think we like developing, developing guys. You know, from yeah. freshman year, letting it you know traditionally go up the ranks, but. It's I mean, not traditional anymore. Ever since two or three that touchdown, yeah. Ever since two or three that touchdown in championship is no longer traditional. So Ramon Henderson, Xavier Watts, what they've shown at the safety position over the last two weeks. Prince Collie got in the game. As you said before, you can see his instincts, you can see his speed, but he's thinking too much. And when you play linebacker. Like that half second or that half misstep, you get to the ball a little bit slower. But that's the thing I'm saying is like he should have been in all season. Like it wasn't a game where I where I didn't feel like his talent wasn't worthy of playing in the game. Yeah, yeah. He could have played against Toledo. Could have played against Purdue. Could have played against even Cincinnati because Cincinnati's defense wasn't like Georgia's. It was just a good team. You know, it wasn't like a man. We got a, you know, they got that Kayvon Thibodeau over there. <laughs> no, it was like no, they just fight hard. But Prince Collie could have definitely played. You know, and definitely probably made a play. Could have got some snaps on the defensive side, and then like yeah. Logan Diggs could have got some snaps at running back. Yeah, like early in the season instead of waiting for injuries to get them both in the game. I I, I agree with that. I agree with that because, you know, they're trying to flirt, go ahead and get them their four games. You know what I'm saying? Play them their four games so they don't feel like they want to transfer, especially the way the transfer portal is right now. Make them comfortable. Make them feel like they have a future at the program. And that's cool. But you got guys sitting on the sideline that probably would be better at right guard, but you don't want to play them. Yeah, they like what basically refrigerate players for you know different seasons, and it's like, dang, that's. I mean, if we're talking about trying to be in Alabama, yeah, you know, you gotta, those guys gotta get in. You know, now Nick Saban gonna play his starters, but but heck, they up thirty to thirty. Thirty, no, yeah, they yeah they get up quick. You know, they they play one half and then let the other guys go. So yeah, in order for us to get like that, you you should have had Prince playing day one. You know, yeah. day one, they're good enough. You can't tell me the guys we got right now starting with, like, Drew White and them guys are that much more ready than a Prince Collin. Yeah, Jamie McNeil, we appreciate you. Lucky Lefty Nation. I jumped on ND, minus 15, when it opened here in Vegas. That's really dope. It goes from about – I've seen 15 and a half. I've seen up to a, as much as 17 and a half for the line. 
I'm figuring the ND defense will hold GT to 10 points. It's going to be a cold day. I can tell you that. So them boys from Atlanta, Dirty South, it's going to be a totally different day than they're used to. And ND will be able to cover even when Kelly takes his foot off the gas. He, well, yeah, expect him to take his foot off the gas. He really takes his foot off. That I feel like commentators should talk about that in the game. Like, is he really letting off? Uh, you can see it. We just yeah. start doing just crazy bullshit, like <laughs> drive killers. Like, what are we? Why are we running the ball with everybody in the box? Like, come on. Like before, I think the before the. Uh, it was third and six before they failed on their fourth down. So like they ran like a they ran like a draw on like third and six, and I'm like against a full blitz. I'm like, yeah, like we be doing going? stuff that's like we know. We just like playing the gamesmanship of, you know, we're Notre Dame. We gonna let y'all feel like y'all around because it's you know that's the the yeah. feeling. We're not gonna embarrass y'all for real, like. We're too nice. That's yeah. probably why we can't beat a Georgia right now because Georgia's not nice. No, you don't hear you don't heard the little halftime speech Kirby Smart and Gaten boys. They against Florida. They're not nice guys, and they don't pretend to be. You know, we may have some guys that ain't nice, but we pretend to be nice for sure. I got another comment from one of my listeners. Uh, Dario Jones, our linebackers look so slow against Cincinnati. <laughs> And man, you can go back and watch all of our content. You definitely did. We say that we was like, where does the side to sideline speed at? This, we don't, where is that at? I agree with you. That was the perfect <laughs> game to put Prince in there. Yeah, that was that was an that's what I'm saying. Nobody on the team right now, that is no reason for them not to have been playing all season. We yeah. could have been really rotating guys in like, like, like cogs in the system for real. Like, we don't have a bona fide superstar. Right now, outside of Kyron and Kyle Hamilton, other oh, yeah. than that, that's the first thing. In there. Everybody can get in. That's the first thing. That's the first thing Marcus Freeman saw when he got here. The offers he went out and made to elite linebackers. Yeah, like he watched the film and he was like, "Nah, nah, nah, we can't be doing that." Marcus Freeman was like, well, before, "Before we kept the linebackers inside the box, we didn't have them." Leaving the box, so that was cool. Yeah. Now your ass better hit the edges and get the dropping and get the playing in space. So Prince Collie is in a better fit than what the linebackers before were asked to do. Man, that's crazy too. <laughs> that's that's crazy. It's so crazy when you look at that game now, man. Desmond Ritter was just like, I'm like, come on, man. This this catch and I'll be getting this edge. I'm like, where are they at? And they would be they would be running fast on TV. Yeah. And just not getting there. Guys would be hitting the edge on us. I'm like, what is going on? Kyle be flying in there. You know, that's why Kyle has so many plays. And he always looks like he's playing like twice as fast as everybody twice else. Twice as fast as everybody else. It was just that's why Florida State game looks so good. He was just everywhere. We was like, man, he's got range. No, the guys just around him were just not getting there. <laughs> but but Prince Collie's an answer, though. Yeah. His, he def, you look at him, like, okay, he can get around. You talking about what he's thinking about. That, we can deal with that. I yeah. can deal with that. I got Demetrius. As you can see, 
our preview of the Georgia Tech game is really short because it's really nothing to talk about. Cone being in is not the reason we didn't score more. I'm not understanding. Maybe Demetrius, like, expand upon that in the comments. Yeah, I'm not quite you sure. Know, talking about the Cincinnati game in particular or any other game in particular or just in general. I'll speak to this. I'll speak to the Cincinnati game. He threw a pick in the end zone on the first drive. He <laughs> killed all the momentum. So for that game, like, you can't do that. That you can't do. That you can't do. I understand. I think we had a big drop. I think Austin had a drop. And that drop. But, but, we're, but, we're, but, but having a statement like that is just why we're not winning it this year. We don't – our quarterback is in, – and not scoring points shouldn't be in the same sense. You see what I'm saying? Nobody in Alabama nation is saying, man, Bryce Young is not the reason Alabama's not winning, scoring 50 points again. No, Bryce, Bryce Young is the reason they're said, scoring 50 points again. He's responding to Christian. I got Christian C. in the chat, and Christian C. said – uh, Indy should have kept, I guess he's referring to the uh, Virginia game, should have kept Cone in for the fourth quarter to make it 42-3. to three. Needed the style points for a chance at the playoffs. Well, I mean, Tyler ran down. They ran down the field and fumbled in the red zone. I mean, they were moving the ball with Buckner. They just lost focus and didn't convert on the opportunities that they had. They had opportunities with the backups. You said 42-3. to three. So that means you're saying Cone's gonna go in there and dice him up for 21 more points. I mean, that actually should have been easy against no, that Virginia. Cone, Cone's gonna give you at best 28, and defense <laughs> better play good. You know, if we just say it's solo, Jack, 28 is where I'm expecting the the ceiling to be hit and defense to be rallying behind that. Even Wisconsin, we scored offensively. We scored a couple. But defensively, we were we were putting us in great position. You know that we scored defensive touchdowns as well. It got us to forty. Yeah, and then when you start talking about the linebackers, it's not about just sideline to sideline. When you start adding instincts as well, that impacts the blitzing, the timing on the blitzing, uh, filling the gaps, tackling. All of that becomes much better, and you become much better defensively in all of the fundamentals when you get guys that are rangier and can make certain plays that other guys can. And then you have to, you know, we have Maris Lufau and some guys that we – Yeah, he's coming back. Maris got some some speed to him. Yeah. You know, he's coming there. That'll be coming back next year. So and that was a big loss. That was a big loss as far as playmakers in that front seven. But was it really? Because we haven't talked about missing Maris all season. Well, Maris always flashed and made plays, though. It's not like – do you think he would have had a J.D. Bertrand impact? He's, he's always around the ball. He is always around he's the ball. He's always around the ball. Like, look, look, whether he's a defensive back or gets moved to safety, our guy is always around the ball. He just Boy. doesn't have to play on the ball. He finally made an interception against Virginia, barely keeping it Damn. off the ground. But – Man, he's a ball magnet. Somehow, some way, he always finds himself around the ball in that position to make a play. And so when you have guys like that, you know, if you get guys like that, especially in the back end, if you got ball hogs, 
and you play a lot of zone, and you got a front seven that can pressure the quarterback and play sideline to sideline, yeah, you, you got some dogs. Yeah. You got some dogs. So, once again, Georgia Tech, Yellow Jackets coming to town, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Senior day, I'm looking for a blowout. I need Drew Pine to get some tick. I need I need all the quarterbacks to play. You know, we got to get the walk-ons in late in the game. And it's, it's gonna be unfortunate. We're gonna get a man in the last. We're gonna treat him like basketball garbage time. Oh no, not with like a the minute. First left. half is gonna be seven of seventeen or something, you know. I hope not. I hope you're wrong. I really it'll be a me. it'll be an easy win, but we're not gonna be in the catbird position until about the end of the third, start of the fourth, maybe. So, like you're saying, is is like Brian Kelly said after the Virginia game, we're we were never in trouble. Yeah, we're not gonna be in trouble, but we're not gonna be looking in our rear view like, man, we done put a whooping on them boys early. No, no, no. Like All we right. probably took. You know what? It's crazy because we, I think we surprised ourselves scoring so early, twenty-one to three. That we was like, oh, we good. We gonna take an early, uh, easy day off. Yeah, and we didn't score nothing but what seven points at the end. We <laughs> we had twenty one points in the first like felt like three minutes, and didn't score seven till towards the end. So it's just like you know, it just shows we don't want to put the foot on the neck if we had the chance. All right, it's time for Malik's three keys to a dub. Brought to you by Nora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Premium American whiskey. Let's go. What's the three keys to a dub? Three keys is don't turn the ball over. Uh, so this is not the game to let a team hang around. Uh, so we got to be able to execute. So no turn the ball over. The second thing is we have to be able to uh, take them out early. I think the Virginia – quickness of how we got up 21 took out a lot of the momentum early and then this time let's work on finishing and closing the casket before uh the fourth quarter so i said 21 last week to score first half and we did it actually so this yeah. week i'm gonna say a challenge let's get to 35 let's see if we get 35 before half and uh get our get everybody in in the second half 35 right. before half yeah, we saying that. And the last thing, uh, let's just make our tackles and play sound football today. Let's not have a lot of uh, yak or or rack or a bunch of arm tackling. Let's be consistent on getting them to play behind the sticks, and that gives us opportunities for more turnovers on defense. I need two touchdowns from both freshman wide receivers. Okay. I'm going to go out there on the limb. Right, I think I think Zoe is easy. It's easy for Zoe to get a touchdown. Yeah, because he's that dangerous. Deion Cole's like stop bringing him in the block. That's right. Throw that six foot three, six foot four frame, some balls in the red zone, man. Let him Give go up. Let him be a playmaker. And then Zoe, he can do it on the reverse. He can do it from the slot, whatever route down the red zone. Let him be that guy that Avery Davis was in the red zone to complete drives and get touchdowns. I want to see both freshman wide receivers scoring touchdowns. That's right. Yeah, I want to see other playmakers watching that game saying, oh, man, 
I can score a touchdown as a freshman in Notre Dame. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Big uh, recruiting loss this weekend. Uh, Big time recruiter safety Sonny Styles chose Ohio State, which most people thought he would. Uh, he's from the state of Ohio. He chose Ohio State over Notre Dame, Alabama, and other SEC schools. So we still have a guy, Xavier Wampka, who pretty much seems like a, a a lock at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, unless something comes up and he just chooses to stay home with Iowa, he'll be your big time get at the safety position. So just keeping you guys caught up on recruiting. Other than that, man, uh, did you check out that deluxe album, the Donda Deluxe? I haven't yet. I'm going to get to it. You know, I got to check out my guy, Kanye. Yeah, man. The joint with uh, Andre Benjamin, which was leaked by Drake. And that ain't cool up. now, so they even squashed it. Man, you know what, man? I'm like Pusha T. I'm not... See, that's some weird stuff, right? It is kind of weird. That's some weird stuff. Like, don't have me... That's why I never subscribe to... If you're on my squad and I have an issue with somebody else, I don't need you to have an issue with that person. Right. That's my issue. You know, and if you have an issue with somebody else... That doesn't necessarily mean I have an issue with them. That's right. You know, because you never know. I might get back. We might mend things and get back mm-hmm. together. Now I mend things. You see them out. You have an attitude. Now we have a whole different thing. And it goes to, you know, like minding your business when it comes to other people's relationships. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that's you know, I'm not going to be the one to tell. Either one. I tell they end up still being together. Now I look like the jerk. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Just best so, of my business. Man, that cat Jay Prince, dude, must have the magic vocabulary because. Oh, he got some magic, all right. Yeah, I don't know if it's the vocabulary. It's, it's, it's definitely some leverage that he has. He's definitely vocabulary spoken, though. He definitely <laughs> says something, though. That's Oh, man. I got. Darius Jones says, uh, definitely want to see those freshmen get in the end zone. Styles has his touchdown, had his touchdown last week because of Colson. Definitely. Definitely. We should see everybody. Mitchell Evans should get a couple of catches. Yeah. Uh, tight end. Hey, put the freshmen in, let, you know, let some of the freshmen get in, get some tick over there, right guard. Get the right guard out early. Heck, matter of fact, if you don't want him to play, I'm cool with that. Straight up. <laughs> Blake Fisher, update on him. More than likely, he's going to be back for the bowl game and prepping for the bowl game. I don't think they're going to risk him uh, out of Stanford next week. Oh, man. It's been a long season, my guy. We want to thank season. everybody that has made this first regular season for us as a podcast and become a part of Lucky Lefty Nation and followed us. We're going to continue to give you more great content. We're up over 300 subscribers, man. We want to keep pushing. You know, as you saw yesterday, we want to get to that uh, availability to be able to have super chats. So we're just reaching for uh, to reach the marks that YouTube and YouTube channels has for us to be able to grab those from you guys. We see most of you guys have asked us before, how can you give? We appreciate that. You can give the best right now by subscribing, 
sharing, and liking all of our previous content, letting other people know about the Lucky Lefty podcast. And then once we get to the point to where we have super chats and really get you guys involved, we'll look forward to that. And we can do something like we're a part of and give back to the community the way we want to do. And we can do it here in the Midwest and out there on the left coast, the best coast, so they say. So, you know, this week we'll come back. I'm going to find a way to link up with this dude right here, the original Lucky Lefty, and check out his Madden skills because he's been on social media talking that ish. Yeah, listen. So I'm going to see if he's real with the stick on it. I'm actually really good. I'm, I'm going to see if he's real with the stick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to let him, because I know, I already know, he definitely don't want none when it comes to 2K. That's what yeah, I yeah, no, 2K give me too bad. So I, I will leave the Madden. Too. We'll leave the Madden. You know what I'm saying? Because I already know. I got. I, I have a feeling who he's probably rocking with. Good. I have a feeling who he's probably rocking with. He reminds me of the type of dude, like you remember when that cat Michael Vick was just playing unstoppable in Madden? Like Listen. you can hype the ball and just run a sweep with him. I, I got them plays now. I just All right. Okay. You got them plays. You you seem like the dude that will play, that will go ahead and play with a quarterback that could be mobile, but at the same time, launch it down the field. Hey, man, listen. I just I just play the game the right way, and the cars fall where they may, but hey. I usually fall on top. Hey, I'm just letting you know. I play with the squad that I cheer for. You know what I mean? That's okay. That's okay. Y'all can't okay. throw the ball anyway. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can't throw the ball anyway. I ain't worried about it. We can't throw the ball. No. What you mean? Okay. What you mean? Come on. You, 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 you see the game? You know they do update the skills week to week, right? So you know, coming off that Pittsburgh game, don't don't sleep. Don't sleep. I'm fast asleep. I know Especially you don't you have like 2.5 seconds to get rid of the ball. I know that's that. Okay. That's okay. That's what I usually do. Okay. Okay. It's the lucky lefty, man. Come on. Yeah. Man. I'm excited too, man. I, I got my pre-order for my five. That's right. That's I got right. my PS5 coming. Hey, you know, it just changes your experience, man. The whole thing is uh it's been it's been a great benefit to me, man. Man, be honest though, when you got it. It was tempted to put that back bad fella back out in the market, wasn't it? Listen. Hey man, they're going I, for like 1700 right now. They sent me two, but I had got one off for me. So, you know, it's a it was Christmas early for your boy. <laughs> man, when I saw the bad fellas going retail for a stack, I said, yo. That's right. Tony on some bull, man. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. They played, they played this market. With the slow release, the first release being real limited, and then saving everything for Christmas. You know how they do. But it's better to get it now because then you'll have more games. It's definitely a better release as far as games. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't wait, though. I'm telling you, dude. I think it's two more years because I look, man, I need to get back on the recruiting trail. I can't wait for the NCAA, boy. Oh man, it's got to come out the right way. Though. Man, when they drop the right it, Notre Dame's probably gonna be like nasty. It's gonna be hard for sure. Ooh, but see, back in the day, I used to run an option with Notre Dame. Oh, I run an option now, man. I run an option on Madden now. 
I got crazy skills. So we'll see what happens. Yo, do you put the are you are you down? Are you one of those people that like to like uh put it on Twitch? Like when you're playing. I want to get into it. I'm trying to figure out how to do it and stuff. It's actually pretty cool. There's a couple of guys that I watch that I'm friends with on Facebook. And do I you set your, do you, do you set like a different would you like set your computer in front of you as you playing? Like how would you do it? Or is Twitch. it through it? Or is it through the PS5? Oh no, no, I mean you can do it through like your iPad or your phone or anything like this. Just an app, you download it, they use the camera, you know, and or I'm sure you can set it up also through that PS5. I'm sure you can download the app on yeah, the PS5. Sure. And you know, the camera, they can, you know, give access to the camera. I don't know, man. I've never done it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The last time I played, I had just with the NCA 14, I had just gotten into playing people with the headset. Oh yeah. Yeah, I never forget my squad, one of my squads. I actually loved playing with Florida State that year. Mm-hmm. That wide receiver core was nasty. Crazy. And I never forget I played a dude, I forgot who we played with, and he scored late. And he had it was two seconds on the clock. He he went up on me with a late touchdown with five seconds on the clock. And this fool, it's funny because I remember sitting there. He's talking garbage through the speaker. And I tell my brother, if this fool actually kicks off, I'm taking this to the house. I just knew he was gonna squib it. Yeah, you know? you take it to the and house. He, man, he kicked it deep, took it to the house. You know, and you you know those type of dudes that try to, you know, they don't want the, the loss to go on their record. So they cut the whole system off. Oh, you making folks quit like that? Yeah. Yeah, oh. it hurt them. It hurt them. You, you a I bad man. Hurt That's a bad man. I could tell it hurt him. No, that was a lucky win, bro. I can't even <laughs> that, was, that was lucky as hell. I had, dude, I just knew. I'm like, okay. You know, because I was pretty good at returning kicks. The game would do that to you, man. I was pretty good at returning kicks, so I was like, yo, I know if he kicks this deep, I got a chance to take this bad fella back. Lucky Lefty Podcast with my boy Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. This has been the mashup of the Slant and Notre Dame-Georgia Tech preview game, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Notre Dame Stadium, senior day. Let's go out and get another dub before we go out to Palo Alto. That's right. Giving weekend to seal this thing up and then just sit back and wait for the votes to come in, baby. That's all we can do. That's all we can do, right? Because when he come out and take care of business against Cincinnati, we probably going to see him again or something. We got to come. We got to sit and wait for the talents. You know what I mean? If we just take care of business against Cincinnati, we will be celebrating. Playing Georgia. Playing Georgia Tech and getting ready to bang on Stanford and celebrating another birth to the college football playoff. But you know, that's what happens when you put it into the hands of other people. That's right. All right, from my guy, Malik Zaire, I am Sean Davis. We'll see you guys after the game on Saturday for the wrap-up show, Georgia Tech, right here on the Lucky Lefty YouTube channel. Peace out, man.